Greetings, listeners. We have a special surprise for your ear holes. Try a Pace Pod has produced an audio drama called The Mind Estate. Based in the classic horror suspense genre, it's a five-part series that builds on the insanity of one man's adventure, one episode at a time. Take a listen here, then head on over to the Mind Estate page, link in the description below, or search Mind Estate. That's mind spelled M-Y-N-D-E. Please like, subscribe, share, and review. Now sit back and enjoy the show. Tri-Paced Pod presents an awkward audio adaptation of Mind Estate by Caleb Nelson. Chapter 5. The Beyond. It began to choke the life out of this woman. Her gasping cries beckoned the distant memory that echoed through my consciousness. A memory I'd buried deep. The death rattle of my own mother. The bedroom swirled away from my vision as I looked into her eyes, and then down at my own hands, and I just couldn't bring myself to stop. Kicking, flailing wildly, she groped at my fingers, trying to pry them free from her windpipe. Her legs made contact with the nightstand next to the four-post bed, upending it. As her eyelids began to droop, I noticed her arms and legs slow and eventually go limp and fall to her side. But her fingers curled around an antique brass alarm clock that had fallen to the ground. She bludgeoned me over the head with it. After the first hit, my grip slackened. The pain split through my skull, and still I clung. But after the second and the third hit, I was seeing stars. By the fourth, I was forced to let go of her entirely. She was now gulping huge lungfuls of air. Standing, she threw the makeshift weapon at me and stumbled toward the door. The clock merely glanced off my shoulder and clattered to the floor. You, you, you stay away from me. Get, get away from me. She ran out of the room and down the stairs and I'd made chase. As I passed the threshold of the room, into the hall, I skidded to a halt as the world slipped out from underneath me, and everything went black. I tumbled off into an unknown eternity stretching out beyond my field of vision. My entire body was hurtling through a blackened abyss, heaving in a perilous freefall that would, God willing, defy death. My body careened through the vacuum of darkness flipping more and more rapidly, end over end. I knew the bottom must be approaching soon. I tried to catch my breath in this empty space. Finally, with a deafening thud in my ears, I landed. Face first upon the floor of the hallway, head bursting in sublimation, pain, and that incessant ringing flitted back through my mind as I hoisted myself up, ramping to a labored sprint after that infernal woman. Still, I wobbled slightly, but the gravity seemed to have returned to normal. I had lost sight of her, but I heard a commotion from downstairs. So I followed and burst into the great hall once more. There was silence in the room, except for soft sobbing. She'd sank down next to the crudely eviscerated corpses of the fire breathers. Without looking up, she spoke. No. No. 
She lifted her head up. Her face was twisted in anguish and despair. A despair that told me everything I needed to know. These demonic fledglings were her kin. Her sons. Her spawn. She looked at me with rage and then fear. She stood, terror on her face as I stepped forward. And she made to run slipping slightly, smearing the blood and viscera that pooled beneath them. Regaining her balance, she continued through the door to the kitchen. Even I couldn't help but stare at the bodies that seemed to have changed since last I left them. Their hides appeared to be more flesh-like, their demonic faces now almost human. But I carried on following her driven by an unknown urge to cleanse this home of the wreath of shadows that tainted it. I entered the kitchen and immediately held my sleeve to my nose and mouth. I could tell the chemicals were still lingering in the air, and I saw one of the imps attempt to crawl out of the pantry where I had left him. It. The look of horror on the thing's face seemed so unfamiliar, when all I saw before was evil. <coughs> I felt my eyes in the water. So, hurrying to avoid this similar fate, I continued out into the still open door to the sun parlor. The room was eerily quiet in the light of the day. The reptiles continued to slither about, and the gorgon woman was still in the tank I'd left her in. I scanned the room. She couldn't have escaped. I didn't hear the pane glass door close. She must have been hiding. Then, I heard a soft voice from somewhere in the room. How could you do this to me? You've taken everyone from me. You've murdered my entire family. You gave birth to this twisted freak too? Did my father even know he was in the presence of mutants and monsters? Or did you trick him? He must have known. He must have tried to escape your enchantments, your curses. I spoke merely to the stagnant air. I was unable to ascertain where her voice was coming from. I pity you and how far gone your mind is. This isn't just my child. She's your father's daughter. You've killed your own sister, your own blood. I paused, finally gazing into the lifeless eyes of the Gorgon. I saw she wasn't lying. They were my eyes, my, my father's eyes. She wanted me to believe this was my half-sister. This thing wasn't even half-human. Must have been more of her rotten trickery. She was good, and you stole her from me. Why are you doing this? What madness drives you? So she hadn't been hiding, just seated, ashen, and defeated behind the tank where her freakish spawn had been vanquished. She stood straight and tall, and I stared into the depths of her blackened heart. I don't need your pity, succubus. I need you to die. Perhaps the only fleeting moments of clarity my father knew as I do. I will succeed where he failed. You are going back to that abyssal hell you came from. Maybe you will, and then I'll be gone. 
but you will live forever in a tormented hell of your own making. You need help. Please, let me help you. I won't succumb so easily to your spell. You're finished. You're already dead. I stepped toward her, and her skin turned jet black, her eyes wild and yellow, her hair weightless, unbeholden to gravity. She slipped from my grasp and slinked out of the pane glass door into the courtyard, screeching terribly as she did so. I gave chase once more, my body now ignoring any pain or exhaustion it felt. Exiting the manor into the light of day, I was empowered by righteousness. Holy conviction filled my muscles and pumped through my veins. The sun blared white hot and it seemed God was finally on my side as I continued my just crusade. All I saw was pure white, elated and high as if I were among the clouds. Following in the footsteps of all the virtuous heroes and saints that came before me, I would smite this woman, disembodiment of death herself. She would perish by my hand. But as if equal and opposite, fear of reckoning and the devil's malevolence appeared to urge her on just out of my grasp. And so we ran along the tree line to her unavoidable doom and toward my own inevitable salvation. She had stopped at my father's grave. I stopped too, watching her. As if saying goodbye, she knelt and caressed the side of his tombstone, bowing her head and whispering inaudibly. I grabbed the shovel that had obviously been used to dig the grave. Walking to her, I looked down at her, and she looked up at me blackened, horrid tears streaming from her eyes. We'll be waiting for you, my son. On the other side. I tried to ignore her venomous words as I pushed her down into the hole with the force of my heel. I began to fill the grave of my father as the muffled sounds of her pleas of her mercy were silenced by the soil. This is it, right? What do you think, Sheriff? Shall we just go ahead and knock? Uh, might as well. Seems futile, though. Doesn't appear anyone is home. This is usually such a lively place. I'm telling you, Jorgensen. I think this lot must have cleared out. Ah, Mr. Jorgensen. Come in, come in. Sam, good to see you. My, you're looking chipper today. Well, it's a fine day, is it not? I looked over to the sheriff that accompanied Mr. Jorgensen. He had a mustache and a hat with a star on it. I couldn't have imagined a man more befitting of the title, Small Town Sheriff. I scrunched my face up into something resembling concern. Sam! This is Sheriff Ralston. He's been kind enough to escort me here. Apparently there's been some unusual activity around here lately. Unusual activity? Of what sort? The sheriff looked at me with a marked amount of suspicion, and I continued to stare right back at him. Well, Mr. Watts, was it? 
Two days ago, we found a woman's body in a bathtub of a nearby hotel. You wouldn't by any chance know anything about that, would you? Maybe we don't need it. I couldn't hide the shock and dismay on my face. Not a thing, Sheriff. That's absolutely horrible. I came straight here from the train station yesterday. I haven't yet ventured into town. And there was no one here when you arrived? Not a soul. I was just giving myself a tour of the place, and it truly is breathtaking. I found the rest of that will, by the way, Mr. Jorgensen. I do believe the news couldn't be better. I handed the lawyer the two remaining pages of my father's will. His signature scrawled on ink at the bottom. After a few moments, the lawyer's eyes lit up as well. Well, congratulations, Sam. This is everything we needed. Let me just make a few calls and we'll begin the process. He pulled out his cell phone and tried to find service. The sheriff took a glance at the will as well. His eyes narrowed and he looked back up at me. It says here the lady of the house has also passed. Yes, I suppose she has. I believe I noticed her grave buried in the back with my father. I never met her, but I'm glad they're resting peacefully together now. Unfortunate. And unusual. This is the first time hearing of her passing. They were an odd folk. As you can plainly see, her and my father had an eclectic taste? He's changed a lot since he left my mother. Quite an unusual collection of oddities here. Indeed. They held a carnival here during the summers. I did hear they were taking the summer off in lieu of the mourning of your father. Here, take a look at this. He handed me a pamphlet and I unfolded it. Circus de Mine and Spectacle Extraordinaire, it read. Taste our sommelier's finest sweet wines, fresh veal, and exotic meat cuts from our own in-house butcher, and a variety of performance sideshows. This list was quite lengthy. Snake charming, fire breathing, hook suspension artists, acrobatics, knife throwing, and show hyenas. There was also a group photo on the back. My father, smiling and happy with his arms around the woman he had left my mother for, surrounded by the rest of the circus troupe. I guess the troupe left town upon the passing of the lady of the house and your father. You can keep that. Do me a favor, though. Please let me know if anyone in that picture contacts you. Here's my card. Thank you, Sheriff. I will, absolutely. Jorgensen returned to the room positively beaming. He must have realized I'd be paying him handsomely for any fees associated with his service. Sam, my boy, let me be the first to welcome you to your new home. Of course, there will be some additional paperwork for you to sign at my office, but I can't imagine that'll put a damper on your mood today. I mean, with all due respect to your family. He switched quickly back to the faux, apologetic, almost laughable attempt at a somber expression. Well, every dark cloud has a silver lining, and it does appear God has smiled upon me today. It does appear that way. It was pretty clear that the sheriff wasn't quite ready to trust me, but I was pretty confident things would work out in the end. Sheriff, if it's not too much trouble... Would you mind coming by later in the week and helping me work out where the boundaries of the estate lie? Perhaps I'm just paranoid, but this place is a little bit spooky at night. 
Shouldn't be a problem. I'll have my deputy call you and schedule a visit. And this is normally a very safe part of town. I'm sure the danger is just in your head. Oh, I'm sure. But even still, it would be appreciated. I escorted the two men out to the main gate. This, all of this, mine. It's hard to believe if not for the trials I went through to attain it. I took another look at the picture on the back of the pamphlet the sheriff had given to me. My father's smile resembled my own. Underneath the picture read one final exclamation. See it all at the mind estate. A special thank you to our TriPace Pod crew, our writer, Caleb Nelson, our actors, the amazing sound creators on freesound.org, Moby for music courtesy of MobyGratis.com, and lastly, a thank you to Hank and Ella. Stay tuned for next month's episode of TriPace Pod's regularly scheduled programming. Thank you for listening, and as always, remember, you're awesome. Smile.